Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Luna Lover the podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to Luna Lover, the podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and happy new year. It is the 1st of January when this episode is airing. And to celebrate 2024, we're going to cover the astrology that you can expect this year. Now, I'm going to focus on the major transits, the things that I feel are most impactful and most interesting about this year. Now, if you want to know exactly how they're going to apply to you specifically, then that episode is going to be available to subscribers of the podcast. It's going to be the bonus episode for this week. It will come out on Tuesday, the 2nd of January, and it's going to tell you how each of these transits will affect you on a personal level and how you can figure out who that is and who it's going to be affecting based on your own natal chart. All right. So if that's something you're interested in, maybe 2024 is the year that you become a Lunar Lover subscriber. And if you want to do that, all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode. So look, I guess what is most notable about 2024 is that most of this year's planetary alignments are actually a continuation of transits that began in 2023. I think this is good news, right? In 2023, there was a lot of newness. A lot of the outer planets were changing signs. And the outer planets, as you know from listening to this podcast, move very slowly. So when they change signs, we feel it, yeah? It can be quite um, jarring energetically, depending also on the sign that it's moving into and how your natal chart reflects that sign. So, I mean, the major things that moved last year, I guess, were Saturn moving into Pisces after two and a half years of being in Aquarius, Pluto moving into Aquarius, and then back into Capricorn. It's going to continue that to and fro this year, and we'll talk about that. And then also Jupiter moving in to Taurus, right? Jupiter will be changing signs this year. It changes around every 12 months. Um, So that's the only one of the outer planets that's changing signs in 2024. And I think that is a good thing. There's a few major themes that are playing out over this year, and I don't actually think they're that different to 2023. Two big themes are technology and finance. These areas are going to be magnified throughout the year. And I have to say they were magnified in 2023. And a lot of that had to do with Pluto moving into Aquarius. 
Another big theme for this year is relationships. Ugh. It was a big theme of last year. Yeah, it's going to continue that in 2024. And a lot of that has to do with the nodes being in Aries and Libra. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the eclipses later in the episode. But when I say relationships are a theme, I want you to think about yourself within the relationship, right? So it really is about our role in them or your role in them, the dynamics you attract and are attracted to. Yeah, we might feel this interchange between a need for autonomy and independence, that's the Aries North Node, with companionship and feeling supported by others, which is the Libra South Node. Right. So we're going to feel that a lot throughout this year because all of the eclipses, except one, which we'll talk about later in the episode. Oh, so much teasing is going to be on that Aries Libra nodal axis. Like I said, most of the outer planets are staying put. Saturn will remain in Pisces. Pluto will continue its little back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn before settling into Aquarius for the next 20 years (laughs) at the end of 2024. The theme last year and the themes continuing into 2024 are around obviously technology, finance and relationships, but also, you know, restructuring these major revolutions dismantling of authority boundaries and just like generally doing things differently power dynamics were a big theme of last year that's definitely going to continue into this year Um, and that whole idea which we spoke about in the recap of 2023 of fantasy versus reality there's going to be a lot more discussions around ai this year there's going to be a lot more AI interaction this year for sure. Um, When it comes to the revolutionary side of things, the dismantling of authority, we've already seen that play out heavily in 2023. It is going to continue, but I do think that we're going to have, and I may have spoken about this in another episode, or maybe it was in readings. Who knows? I talk so much. Um, A tower crumbling moment, right? I think things are probably going to get a little more worse, but I think we are going to come out better on the other side. And it can feel really hard to intellectualize that when we're in it. Um, but I think, and I'm talking on a macro level here, although this might be happening in your personal life as well, but on a macro level, I think things are going to get a little more scary, but as we emerge, as we rebirth on the other side of it, the world is going to be a better place. I truly believe that in my heart. All right, so let's talk about the major events of this year. Now, I try and do these chronologically, but you know what I'm like with linear. I'm not great. (laughs) I'm going to jump all over the place, but stay with me. It would be handy to have a pen and paper, perhaps write these dates in your diary if you want to. But of course, we're going to talk about them throughout the year as well. So the major, major, major thing of this year, again, is this Pluto in Aquarius. We got a teaser of what's to come in 2023 when Pluto dipped its toe into Aquarius from the 23rd of March until June 11th. Yeah, that was last year. This year, on January 20th until September 1st, 
Pluto is going to move back into Aquarius. So wait, just in case I didn't make that clear, from the 23rd of March till June 11, Pluto went into Aquarius. Then it went into retrograde. So it went back into Capricorn, the sign that it had been in for the last 20 years, right? On the 11th of October, 2023, it stationed direct. So it was going through Capricorn forward this time. And then on the 20th of January, 2024, it's going to move into Aquarius until the 1st of September, but then it's going to go into retrograde again. Ugh. And it's going to go back into Capricorn until November 19th, 2024, when it will station direct, come back into Pluto, and then it's going to stay in Pluto until the 18th of January, 2044. Put it in your diary. <laughs> I'll be turning 60 that year. What? What? Yes, I'll be turning 60 that year. Ah. All right. So in Aquarius, Pluto is working on all things relating to technology. This is where we're going to see a shakeup to power systems in the tech space. The world of tech will receive a huge push under this energy. Yeah. And it's going to give rise to the emergence of greater innovations. Now, I think I've spoken about this before. I'm terrified of AI. As a writer, I am very scared of becoming obsolete. AI being able to write the books I write simply by feeding my own books into it and then it writing in my tone and cadence. It scares me. But I did listen to a great podcast the other day about AI. And I think in terms of uh, medical advances, in terms of looking at problems in a way that the human brain just has not been able to solve up until this point and may never be able to solve because of the amount of space we have in our little human brains to hold past data, right? AI can hold past data in a way that we just cannot and compare that past data at a rapid rate. So I do think there is going to be an emergence of greater innovations that will benefit us, us as a society and benefit the health of this planet. I wouldn't be surprised if AI solves the climate crisis, which I know sounds a little counterintuitive, but I do hold out hope for that. Um, and then other you know, health, health crises that we're in as well. I do also think, you know, the other side of Aquarius, yes, it's very techie, it's um, future advancements, innovation, all that sort of stuff. But humanity is a huge theme of Aquarius and the betterment of humanity, the advancement of humanity, right? So Pluto, which is the change maker, Pluto that is here for transformation and power, I do believe it's a positive omen for humanitarian efforts. Some people might disagree with me, but I really do think Pluto moving into Aquarius is bringing on the age of Aquarius that we've been banging on for decades about. Nobody actually knows when the age of Aquarius is beginning. I think we're in it. I believe we're in it. Other astrologers <laughs> might disagree. But I do think Pluto moving into Aquarius for this 20-year period is that starting right? This is when we really get to maybe not save humanity, but begin to improve humanity. So that's Pluto and Aquarius, guys. No biggie. No biggie. All right. The next thing, which not a lot of astrologers are talking about, but I think it's a very cool thing. I'm excited about it. The North Node is going to conjunct Chiron. 
Okay, so the North Node is currently in Aries and Chiron is currently in Aries. So they've both been in Aries for a while, but starting in January up until April, they're going to be moving closer and closer and closer together. They're going to come into complete alignment on the 11th of February. This is an energy we will feel for the first three to four months of this year, but especially around February 11, right? And fun fact, not that we're going to talk about every new moon and full moon of 2024 because we'd be here for a while, but on February 10, we do have an Aquarius new moon. And then the very next day, the North Node and Chiron will form this conjunction. We're also going to feel it again quite profoundly under the Aries solar eclipse, which is happening on the 8th of April. We'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But overall, this is very powerful healing energy. All right. When North Node and Chiron conjunct each other on a collective level. So globally, this energy can bring healing and the end of suffering to areas of the world that need it most. It can also bring an elevated shift in consciousness, allowing us to recognize the healing gifts that we possess and that we can share with others. Now, I pray and hope to God that there is a ceasefire in Gaza before the, before the 11th of February. But if not, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens around then. All right. Personally, wounds might be highlighted for us, right? Because the North Node moving into Chiron is obviously going to bring those wounds. Sorry, the North Node conjuncting Chiron is obviously going to bring those wounds to the surface. But it's so that we can heal them rather than ignore them. And I honestly, I think it's the perfect way to begin a new year, right? So that's a really exciting conjunction that's coming up that not a lot of people are talking about, but I think collectively, but also personally, is going to be a really nice way to heal before we sort of move into the rest of the year. All right, then between March and May, Jupiter is forming a conjunction with Uranus. This is very significant, Yeah, it only happens 12 to 15. It only happens every 12 to 15 years. But Jupiter and Uranus coming together in the sign of Taurus is incredibly rare. Yeah, Uranus has been in Taurus since 2018. Jupiter moved into Taurus in 2023. So what we get here is an expansion of these themes. Jupiter, the planet of abundance and expansion. It's been in the sign of Taurus, so financial Abundance and expansion is what we'd like to feel. Uranus is the planet of technology and innovation. Yeah. Collectively, we may expect major news about global financial markets and digital currencies. There could also be like, um, I'm not very good at talking about finances, by the way, on a collective level. So if I'm using the wrong jargon, do pull me up on it. Um, But like a transfer of wealth out of, one sector and into another sector. It also has the potential to be an incredibly innovative time with new technologies and inventions. Now, I've already said that's going to happen with Pluto in Aquarius. Couple that with Jupiter conjuncting Uranus. I think we're going to have some major breakthroughs between March and May because Pluto will be in Aquarius for a short time then. And we're going to have this conjunction, Jupiter and Uranus. So there's going to be an expansion of that energy. 
Jupiter and Uranus coming together can also create an element of surprise (laughs) or instability. Yeah, something may shock us or rattle the way we've thought about things. So, yeah, plot twists. I think collective plot twists, um, global plot twists. We all know what happened the last time we had a plot twist. There was a pandemic. I'm not saying that uh, actually at all because I don't think it's health related. But, um, yeah, just expect the unexpected during March and May. Personally... I'm seeing an expansion of our mindset, perhaps a more abundant vision for ourselves and our lives. Like it's a truly beautiful conjunction. Um, The peak of this conjunction occurs between April 18 and 21st, but we're going to feel it building as early as March and all through May. Now, while we're talking about Jupiter, the only outer planet changing signs this year is Jupiter, yeah, which will move from Taurus into Gemini on the 26th of May until June 2025. It's the first time in 12 years it's been in Gemini. Jupiter is the planet of expansion. So as it moves into Gemini, we're all receiving an expansion <laughs> of Gemini energy. Just what I need. I don't know about you guys. Um, depends on your chart, obviously. Wherever Jupiter touches your chart, it's expanding, it's bringing luck and opportunity. Um, But if it's forming a conjunction with something that uh, is perhaps a tricky part of your chart, it's going to expand that, but only so you can learn the lessons of it, right? Um, For me, it's good because Jupiter's going to touch all my Gemini placements. So my Sun, my Venus my North Node, my Chiron, what else have I gotten? Oh, my Ascendant, it's going to touch all of them. So with Jupiter being the planet of abundance and wisdom and luck and opportunity, it's very favorable for me. Look where Gemini is in your chart. This is a little sneak peek into the subscriber episode because I'm not going to do this with all of the transits. Look where Gemini falls in your chart because this is where Jupiter is going to be passing through. Have a look at what house it's in if you don't have planets there. Jupiter looks for the meaning in everything so that life is a richer experience. Yeah. And Gemini just wants all of the information. What is it? Why is it like this? Where did it come from? How does it function? Where am I going? Who are you? (laughs) That's Gemini. So with the planet of expansion moving into Gemini, our angles of perception begin to multiply, expanding our minds and increasing our options. This energy could be overwhelming for some people. It is a bit of a dichotomy of energy. Sagittarius rules Jupiter and Sagittarius, sorry, Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Sagittarius is the opposing sign of Gemini. So it isn't the most comfortable place for Gemini to be, but Jupiter in Gemini is a rare opportunity for clear understanding. This is a chance for all of us to open our minds to other alternatives. Now, Gemini also rules the media. So we might experience shifts in the publishing world and the media world. Um, I would not be surprised if a new social media platform takes off in 2024 or maybe which actually is probably more likely, maybe the landscape of social media changes or evolves in some way. Oh, hopefully for the better. 
All right, the next transit up also includes Jupiter. Jupiter's busy this year. This is happening between July and December. Jupiter is going to form a square with Saturn. Jupiter and Saturn will come into a direct square with each other on August 19. And then again on December 24, because um, it will have gone retrograde. We will begin feeling the energy of this though as early as July and then for the remainder of 2024. Now, back in December 2020, as if any of us can remember that, we blocked out that year entirely, um, there was a very rare transit called the Great Conjunction, where Jupiter and Saturn were conjunct each other in the sign of Aquarius. It happens every 20 years or so. But what happened is it kickstarted a new era. Technology kicked off big time back then, right? I mean, you may remember 2020, 2020, <laughs> that's too many 20s, 2020 was the year that Zoom, I mean, Zoom was always, Zoom had been around for many years, but Zoom and all of those video platforms really took off because we were all working remotely, right? Technology did change big time back then. Now that was a conjunction, that wasn't a square. A square is a little bit different. A square has a bit more tension and friction, right? So for this square alignment, Jupiter will be in Gemini and Saturn will be in Pisces. Jupiter wants us to expand, but Saturn wants us to contract, yeah, and focus on boundaries. We may want to do things in excess, that's Jupiter, but Saturn will be there giving us boundaries and making sure we uphold our end of the deal. So this dynamic could play out in a multitude of ways, but essentially it's about finding balance around where we may be a little too excessive and where we might need to be a little bit more restrictive. Yeah, have better boundaries. The last major transit that I want to talk about is Mars retrograde. The last Mars retrograde we had was the end of 2022, I believe. Mars is the planet of action, motivation, and energy. And when it travels retrograde, you might remember this from the end of 2022, it can dampen our productivity, drain our energy, and make us feel a lack of motivation. Now, last time Mars went into retrograde, Mercury also went into retrograde in the middle of it. And I remember it so well. I had no energy whatsoever. It was a really, really challenging retrograde. So we look, it depends on the type of person you are. Like if you're a go-getter, if you like to get stuff done when you want to get stuff done, Mars retrograde is always going to be a challenge, right? If you're a little bit more go with the flow, if you're good with rest, if you don't mind downtime, which I like to say I'm that person, but I'm actually not, you'll find Mars retrograde quite easy breezy, I would say. It officially begins its retrograde in the sign of Leo on December 6th and works its way back into Cancer before stationing direct on the 24th of February, 2025. Now, while in Leo, we might feel themes around motivation and confidence being seen, maybe. When it moves into Cancer, we may feel themes around our family, our home environment, our emotions. Now, the thing that Mars retrograde is trying to teach us is that when we have a direction of energy, we always want to send it outwards, 
right? And that's naturally what Mars does. It's sort of outward action energy. When it's in retrograde, it's like, well, hang on. What if we put it inwards? What if all that energy we keep giving to everyone else, we give to ourselves, right? And when it's in Leo, it's ex- it's especially powerful because Leo loves the validation of others. Leo loves appreciation and applause. And while there's nothing wrong with that, Mars in retrograde in Leo is like, well, hang on. What if we just turn that back on ourselves? Yeah. So I think that is the best way through it. We're lucky that Mars retrogrades tend to sort of happen at the end of the year. Um, Although (laughs) December 7, we're all in a flurry. Now you know that it's coming. If you could prep yourself to get everything you need done before Christmas 2024, before the 7th of December, that might not be possible for all of you. But if you can, that's the way I'd try and work the end of next year. All right, my loves, they're the major transits. Now, I'm going to tell you when the Mercury retrogrades are and when the eclipses are. However, I'm not going to go into detail about all of them, but I will do that in the bonus subscriber episode of the podcast. So if you do want to know how they're going to affect you personally and a little bit more of the themes of each of the retrogrades, then you want to become a subscriber if you're not already. And you can do that via the link in the show notes of this episode. All right, so Mercury retrogrades this year. We usually have three to four a year. We actually began the year with a Mercury retrograde. Oh, so if you're listening to this on the 1st of January, Mercury stations direct tomorrow, Tuesday, Jan 2nd, which is exciting. So, but that is officially the first one of the year, I guess, even though it only took up (laughs) two days. That one was in Sag, right? All of the retrogrades this year are in fire signs. Last year, they were all in earth signs. The next Mercury retrograde after that little two-day one from the beginning of the year uh, begins on the 2nd of April and it will run until the 25th of April and it's going to happen in the sign of Aries. Now, every Mercury retrograde, we experience for one day only what we call a Kazemi. And a Kazemi is when Mercury sits in the heart of the sun. Yeah, so they're making a direct conjunction with each other. The Kazemi for that uh, Aries retrograde, Mercury retrograde, will be on the 11th of April. This is a day of clarity amongst the chaos that is Mercury retrograde, right? So it's always good to know when the Kazemi is in that retrograde period in case there are conversations that need to be had or things that need to be signed or trips that need to be booked. It's always better to do it on that day of the Kazemi. The next Mercury retrograde will happen on the 5th of August and it will run until the 29th of August. Now it's going to begin in Virgo, but it will end in Leo, the fire sign. It's going to spend the majority of its time in Leo. The Kazemi for that retrograde will happen on the 19th of August. The next Mercury retrograde will happen on November 26 and it will run until December 16 and it will be in the sign of Sagittarius. So the one we're experiencing right now as you listen, if you're listening on the 1st of January, is also in Sagittarius. So the last Mercury retrograde of the year will be in Sagittarius too. Now the Kazemi for that Mercury retrograde will happen on the 6th of December. All right, so if you want to pause this and rewind about a minute and a half and write down those dates, I would be doing that. Write down the dates of each retrograde and the dates of the Kazemis. 
especially if you work in the online space, you like to launch courses, um, you have a lot of communication online, it's very important that you're working with Mercury retrogrades throughout the year and not against them. All right, the last thing I want to discuss for this year are the eclipses. Again, I'm not going to go into detail, but I will do that uh, in the bonus subscriber episode. Eclipses in 2024 are about relationships. All right. And the reason for that is that they're happening on the Aries Libra nodal axis. Aries is about me. Libra is about we or us. I like saying we because it rhymes with me, but I think grammatically it's better to say us. Um, these are these eclipses are all connected to our relationships and dynamics between giving and receiving, right? Where do we need more autonomy? That's the North Node in Aries. And where do we need more union in our lives? That's the Libra South Node. Um, as a general rule, lunar eclipses are points of releases and endings, whereas the solar eclipses are points of new beginnings. So let's go through them. The first eclipse season will begin on the 25th of March, and it's kicking off with a lunar eclipse in Libra. Then on the 8th of April or the 9th of April, depending on where you are, we're going to experience a solar eclipse in Aries. Now that's the solar eclipse. Uh that will be interacting with that North Node conjunct Chiron. Yeah, it's that very healing energy. That's going to be a really powerful eclipse. Then we've got a little twist, a little plot twist. The next eclipse season, so those first two eclipses, they're eclipse season one. Eclipse season two will begin on September 18, and it's a lunar eclipse in Pisces. What? I thought you said all the eclipses were in Aries and Libra. This is our first little intro into the Pisces Virgo eclipses that will emerge in early 2025. Okay, so in 2025, we're going to move off off that Aries Libra nodal axis and we're going to move onto the Pisces Virgo nodal axis, which means we're going to have a series of Pisces Virgo eclipses. So that September 18 lunar eclipse will happen on the full moon in Pisces. And that's when we're going to get a little taste of what's to come in 2025. Then on October 2nd or 3rd, depending on where you are, we're going to experience the last eclipse of 2024 and it will be a solar eclipse in Libra. All right, my loves, that is it. That is the astrology of 2024. It's a lot of information. Don't freak out too much. I'm always going to tell you about eclipses on this podcast. I'm always going to tell you when we're in a new Mercury retrograde. If you're a subscriber, all of those other conjunctions and squares and all those beautiful transits we spoke about, they will be discussed again in those subscriber episodes. I can't guarantee they will be in the free episodes because I do try and keep it seasonal and lunar if I can. Don't forget, this is the year we have entered 2024 and on March 4, Celestial Storytelling kicks off. This course is going to be the best companion to being a listener of this podcast. It will teach you, yes, how to read a natal chart. That's basically what we're learning. But as you learn the natal chart in depth, you learn so much about astrology and you learn so much about yourself. So in level one, we learn the basics of the natal chart. And if you think you understand the basics of the natal chart, 
Trust me, you don't. You will after this course though. Then in level two, which will kick off in July or August, I haven't decided yet. I'll have to do a read of the level one people. We're going to learn about all of the aspects in the chart. So they're the conjunctions, the squares, the oppositions, the sextiles, the quincux, all of them, right? And we're also going to learn about transits. Level two is a big, big, big level, um, but you need level one to be able to learn all of that juicy stuff for level two. You won't be able to join level two unless you've done level one. And I'm very, very strict about that because I think a lot of people think they know the basics of astrology. And, And I'm saying this because this was me, right? I was like, I know everything. And then I did my astrology course and I was like, oh, I know nothing. (laughs) okay um so if you do want to join me for celestial storytelling there is a link in the show notes of this episode to do that you can pay you can pay in full or you can pay in a three installment payment plan which a lot of people are opting for and I totally understand it they're monthly installments so you get to sort of spread it out a little bit more all right my loves if you want to book in for a natal chart reading I think March is the first available, but book in now because they will um, fill up fast. There might be some spots left in Feb. I'm not sure. Go and check it out. I'm going to be back next week. We're going to have the first new moon of the year. That's the Capricorn new moon. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine, and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER. Exclusions apply. See site for details.